0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cloud Wars Live, where we talk about today's digital revolution and the impact it's having on every facet of our lives. And we're also describing how this, these changes are occurring here in a very different world than it was just a few months ago. So thanks for being with us. And we're delighted to have as our guest today, Bonnie Tinder, who's the founder and CEO of a research company called Raven Intel. She's the newest member of our monthly digital all-star guest. Bonnie, it's a pleasure to have you back for your second show. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So um, Bonnie's company is Raven Intel. She is an enterprise software expert, and she's done a lot of research with her company, Raven Intel, about the partners that software companies use in deploying new uh, new applications and undertaking new IT projects. So the feature that we've got with Bonnie, because of the extensive work that Bonnie does with partners and customers, so the monthly installments with Bonnie, we refer to as Tinder on customers. So Bonnie brings a unique perspective on that here to Cloud Wars Live. And as I mentioned, this is uh, Bonnie's second episode with us. And Bonnie, you had some interesting thoughts today about uh, a pretty cool subject that seems to be on everybody's mind today about rapid deployment. What's sort of your, your top of mind thought about that, Bonnie?
1: I think it's a topic that has come up very recently um, in a lot of customer situations. Um, we've seen some press on it from Workday about this idea of a rapid implementation Um, of new software. And, you know, in a lot of cases, it sounds like a great idea to speed up the time to value and to quickly get a software stood up. Um, But sometimes it can be a recipe for disaster at the same time. So I'd love to explore that topic today and um, give a little insight on on what I've seen with with projects just recently that have gone through a rapid deployment.
0: Um, Bonnie, as I was looking over some of the notes you had sent over, I was uh, reminded of a uh, something that one of my engineer friends had told me shortly after we got out of college and again I, I have great respect for engineers but his he said the engineer's dilemma is you're forever spending two hours to turn a ten minute job into a five minute job and when I thought about your ideas here about rapid deployment it sounds good everybody's all in for you know faster time to value get things done more quickly get the value of that that new application up and running but it sounds like from your own thinking and some of the research that you've done that there are some there can be some pitfalls in here so take us through your some of your thoughts on this bonnie
1: yeah um so i think first it would help to sort of just define what we talk about when we say a rapid deployment and i think every enterprise software vendor has their own terminology for what rapid is um and you know, I think Workday just, um, you know, published something about their uh, Workday Launch Program, which is a, um, you know, at a at a minimum a 16-week rapid implementation of certain modules of the product. SAP has their own version of this. Uh, I believe it's called Model Company. Certainly, Oracle also has rapid deployment options as well. So it's, it's something that's, that's fairly standard across enterprise software, it's not anything necessarily new. Um, although, you know, I think the idea, especially now, of getting customers stood up more quickly so that they can realize the benefits of a new piece of software um, is, is germane to, to where we're at sort of um, in, in the world today. And um, so, essentially, it's a 16-week it's a um, uh, endeavor where you have um, sort of a, a template that employs a lot of what, what would be considered best practices um, to get a customer live on a piece of software quickly migrated in terms of, of certain pieces of data over into the new system, we say a rapid deployment. Um, when I think about it, um, I know I was listening to, to Wayne's session uh, yesterday, actually, he, um, he he had this terminology uh, MVP, right, a minimally viable product, and we use that term a lot in, you know, entrepreneur land is to, you know, how quickly can you get a product up and running so that you can test it, so you can um, understand what the feasibility and uh, the market is. And I feel like it's very similar to this idea of a rapid deployment that then you can expand and grow on. Uh, so that that's essentially what we're talking about when we say rapid deployment. It's a, it's a boxed sort of um, situation for implementation. Yeah.
0: So, Bonnie, a couple of things with that too. Um, you know, as we've said, as the the world in the last several months has, uh, you know, really accelerated this drive toward digital in all facets of our lives. I can understand a lot of companies would say, I don't have a lot of time here to to make that switch. So I need to have, you know, this rapid deployment thing. But is, is there also some influence on this from, you know, the cloud has become so popular. It has become in some ways, you know, the foundation for digital business going forward. And do you get maybe some C-level executives on the buyer's side who are scratching their heads and saying, wait a minute, I thought all this cloud stuff was supposed to be fast, quick, easy, time to value. It's not all on me. Why is it taking so long here? Has there been some response from the vendors to try to meet those new expectations from the customer side?
1: I think so. And um, this idea of you know rapidly um, being able to roll out a, a digital experience to employees, to customers, et cetera, you know, I mean, that's, that's definitely a need. I think um, there's some misnomers in there, though, that because it's cloud, it's easier to deploy. Um, you know, certain aspects of it are certainly, but this is less of a, um, you know, the, the, the most difficult part of this equation is not necessarily standing up the technology. Sure, that's easy. But, you know, it's really the automation of processes the people side of things that really are what take the time and forethought and planning. And if you have all of those components in place and you have that blueprint mapped out, you can make an implementation go as quickly um, as you want. I mean, I, I had a, you know, one of a, the guys from SAP tell me that they had a 200,000 employee company that got stood up in 30 days. Um, but In that equation, they had everything mapped out, and there were certain components of that within the scope that allowed them to do that in 30 days. It was not, you know, it wasn't the same sort of implementation that you get like let's whiteboard our processes, let's automate things. And I think there's one of the pitfalls with the rapid deployment is this idea: just because you can stand up the technology quickly, doesn't mean that that's going to be a a good solution were you for um, the long-term. And a lot of times you end up fixing a lot of the, the errors or the things that were missed in that short window of time.
0: So Bonnie, talking to your, your clients at, at Raven Intel, what do you advise them to look out for, right? So that they avoid those pitfalls. How mm-hmm. do they get the best out of a rapid deployment while avoiding some of the things that don't work out so well?
1: Yeah. I think most important is the due diligence ahead of time. Know exactly what is in the scope of the project, what is included, and what is, uh, is not included. Um, you know, integrations are the sticky wicket because integrations take time. And to assume that, you know, oh, I'm going to stand it up in 30 days or 16 you know, weeks, and all my integrations are going to be there, um, typically that's not the case. So having a healthy understanding of what is in the box of what you're going to get in the implementation is number one. I think the other pitfall as well is uh, the customer has to be prepared to do their homework ahead of time as well. And with any of these deployments, there's a lot of pre-work that is done Mm -hmm. prior to even the start of the project. And if those decisions haven't been made internally, or you have, let's say, a big global company and you're waiting for input from, you know, a different business unit, a different global entity, all of those things take time. And so as we talk to the SIs and the software vendors, you know, from their side of things, they can really go as fast as the client wants to, but it's really dependent on the client to say, do you have the internal resources to dedicate to this to make sure That you can also move at the speed that you want to go. Um, Because, you know, it's not the onus is not on the SI and the software vendor to get it stood up quickly. Um, It's really on a lot of the decisions that need to be made internally. And if there's bottlenecks in that process, you know, all the the wheels fall off and, you know, the scope ends up changing. And I, I think those two things proper expectations and make sure that you have the internal bandwidth. Uh, to do all the work necessary uh, ahead of time before you stand that tech up.
0: Bonnie, that uh, that's, a, that's a great observation you're making there, because I think, again, on the business customer side, there's probably a lot of executives involved in making some of these buying decisions who are not from the traditional IT world. And they might come in thinking about this, like, hey, I'm paying all this money. The onus is on this vendor to come in and do everything perfectly when I think what you're saying here is, yeah, the software vendor has certain accountability and the partner has to take care of certain things too. But unless the the client, the, you know, the ultimate uh, business customer there is really taking the initiative on this, what do we wanna do? What are we trying to achieve? How are our process is gonna change? What are we trying to automate? What's the new organization gonna look like after this? How do we reset expectations up and down the line? Then the technology can be deployed rapidly but the change in the benefit either isn't going to be there or it's going to be much delayed. Is that, is that a fair outlook?
1: Without question, I think you summarize that perfectly. I think the one thing I want to add to this as well is that in some cases, customers do a rapid deployment because it seems like it will cost less, right? The fact that you're only paying for resource time for you know 16 weeks or whatever that, that exact time frame, that you sign up for is um sounds like oh hey that's gonna be a lot cheaper and i'm paying for my software licenses the day i signed a contract might as well you know get everybody over um so i'm not paying for software i'm not using and um you know i, I had an si tell me um that you know customers who just want a cheap fast solution end up being really disappointed because um you know it, it's it's not necess- the, the, benefit isn't necessarily cost unless they have all of everything mapped out and they've done a lot of legwork ahead of time. um, It's not necessarily going to be a cost savings for them.
0: Gotcha. So, Bonnie, we're going to take a break here and we're going to hear a word from our sponsor BMC in a world that's changing faster than ever before. The biggest challenge for businesses today is creating fabulous customer experiences. That objective requires actionable insights and real-time agility from one end of your business to the other. At BMC, they call this the Autonomous Digital Enterprise, and they've put together a set of solutions to help you anticipate what's coming, adjust accordingly, and acknowledge those changes from end to end. To start your journey to the Autonomous Digital Enterprise, visit bmc.com slash A-D-E. Uh, Bonnie, you also had mentioned in some of the notes that you had sent over about the rapid deployment success failure that there are certain key factors. And I know you've touched on those. Do you have a little bit of a, a checklist uh, that that you'd wanna share, especially uh, as you've said, for both the things that'll help make it work right and the things that are gonna cause you some trouble?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think the the framework ahead of time really needs to be thought out so there are decisions that a customer is going to need to make in terms of data governance um you know the data set itself so um, you know is the data that they're bringing over clean and if they're bringing over garbage data all they are going to get is garbage data in a you know more attractive system um, so you need to make sure that the data that you have is clean ahead of time because uh, you don't want to automate bad data, and you don't want to automate dat, uh, bad processes. So I think understanding, you know, those type of things um, ahead of time are are really critical. And that's going to be, um, you know, knowing what you want at the, the end of the, you know, the period of time, um, what is going to success going to look like um you know within that rapid time frame you know having those clear expectations going in is is number one number two i think freeing up resources internally to be able to dedicate the time that one of these rapid deployments take and that means pretty much a full-time workload for you know uh, that that you know, 16 weeks, 20 weeks, 26 weeks, whatever that is, to make sure that they can't be doing that and their three other jobs as well. And I think that's particularly difficult for HR, you know, especially now when HR is pulled into a lot of different directions, um, you know, and, and not able to, to focus on a single program. So that um, the, the bandwidth element internally is, is number, is number two. And I would say number three is um, the decision process. So making, providing the project leadership with the autonomy uh, to make decisions or having access to decision makers so that decisions can quickly be made. Because the worst thing would be to have, you know, all of this work done and then approvals needed for it to sit on somebody's desk, you know, for seven, 14 days until they get around to it. So it's, it's making sure that they can, the team can make quick decisions internally um, to keep the project on track. I would say those three things are critical to uh, to success.
0: Well, Bonnie, each of those, and especially the last one, I think, uh, speaks to this notion. You know what. Uh every company has a culture Uh, there. There are some good ones, some not so good ones, some strong ones, weak ones, but inside company, there's a, there's a collective sense often among employees and quickly, the word will get out. If you get leaders in a company saying, this is the most important uh, initiative we've had in the last five years, yet when it comes down to it, things are delayed, decisions aren't made. They put stuff off more and more. The company then tends to realize and people just say, okay, they're not really serious about it. We'll cool our heels. Everybody leans back a little bit. And I think that that sense of leadership today in these very difficult, very challenging times is so important. People will really quickly get the notion that you're not saying what you mean, or you're saying one thing meaning another. And if this project isn't important, it's not going to get the best effort from people, right? It's not because the people are bad or failing to live up to stuff, they're going to take their lead from the leaders. And if the leaders don't demonstrate that exactly what they've said, this is critical to our survival, it's essential for our customers, it's essential for our employees, it's going to be a flop, no matter how quickly the deployment takes place.
1: Yeah. And I think to that that end, the project leadership needs to communicate to the end stakeholders. So the users of the product, those being impacted Especially if they're going through a rapid deployment, this is phase one. Or in some cases, this is a phase zero almost. So that you know, it's it to set the expectations that a rapid deployment is more of an evolution than it is. Everything's going to be stood up at once, and it's all going to be perfect. Setting those expectations going in, I think, is really important, as well as that strong leadership to say this is a critical project. Um, but you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. We're going to get as much as we you know, can, can stand up in the short period of time to give us that sort of initial momentum and then work on evolving it into, you know, the solution that's going to serve us for the years to come.
0: Okay. And so Bonnie, clearly there's lots of moving pieces around here and different responsibilities, different things for which the vendor has to be accountable. The customer has to be accountable. What's the ideal role of the consulting partner? that you yeah. see and where can they make the biggest difference?
1: So I would, I would start off by saying that all consulting partners are not created equal. There's some that are very um, used to this methodology and um, that, you know, they have, they have done it many, many times. And as a customer, you need to number one, make sure that you have references. Talk to other customers who have gone through an implementation with that consulting partner, not only just in any implementation, but a rapid implementation, so that you have a confidence that the consulting firm has done it in this period of time. Um, I think the other things to know from the consulting side of things is that you're not gonna get an army of consultants for a rapid deployment. You're gonna get fewer bodies um, and they're going to be cross-functional. So whereas you might have some, had somebody in the past that specialized in the, um, you know, compensation and performance, and you had somebody who specialized in payroll and things like that, you're going to get more of a cross-functional expert that knows a lot about, you know, um, knows a little about a lot of things. And the last thing you want is an inexperienced consultant who knows very little about a lot of things. Um, So you need to make sure that the resource, the actual person or the the team uh, members that you're assigned from the consulting party also have the years of experience, the certifications, um, and the business acumen to have, have done these implementations and not just a single area specialty. You want somebody who can be a generalist and speak intelligently about multiple things. Because you're again, you're not gonna get functional leads in a rapid deployment. You're gonna get somebody who's broader than that. And you wanna make sure that broad experience is somebody who actually does have experience. So I think from the consulting side of things, um, it's really important that you find a consulting partner that has done it and can prove that they have done it effectively with other customers
0: the so references like you said are are really really key on this
1: for sure for sure and that, i mean that's certainly an area that you know raven can help we have peer reviews that speak to those things that are that are independent it's a it's a great starting point to sort of vet a consulting firm and um you know we asked the customer one of the questions um is you know how quickly did you stand up the project We be asked for a number of, of months and that's going to be what you're going to want to look at to see, was this a rapid deployment? You know, if I did, if customer did it in four months and your timeframe is four months, that's a pretty good comparison.
0: And Bonnie, I know that the, the answer here might be all over the place, but from uh, the work you've done at Raven Intel and in lots and lots of these projects, if I'm the business customer and I'm thinking, okay, the software vendor says the rapid deployment is going to cost this. What is the relative to that cost of the, the partner costs? Is it one-to-one? Is it any, any ideas on that that you could share?
1: Um, it, it really, it really depends on the scope of, of the project. Certainly um, I've seen it, um, you know, more one and one and a quarter to one is, is sort of, a typical back of the, the napkin calculation there. Uh, within a rapid deployment, though, you know, because you get less resources, less hours, less T&E, and certainly now T&E is, um, you know, lots less expensive, you're going to be able to get more of that fixed cost or fixed scope implementation that, um, you know, that that's good. And provided you don't have any change orders in that process, um, you know, it, you might be able to get to that one-to-one implementation cost. And I know, um, you know, a lot of the software vendors put the pressure on the SIs to deliver projects quickly because they want the customer up and running and live with the software and loving the software. You know, that's most important to them. Um, You know, but by that same, in that same token, they also don't want a bad implementation where they're up on the software quickly and they hate it. So (laughs) it's it's really a balancing act.
0: And, Bonnie, what's the, uh, roughly, is there a, you know, ballpark percentage that you could say, If I, again, if I'm a business customer, I'm looking at one of these things, uh, do half of rapid deployments pull in a partner SI, is it 75% or can you give us some idea of how frequently partners are involved or should be involved in these rapid deployments?
1: Mm-hmm if you're talking about one of the the large enterprise software, so, you know, the uh, Oracle, SAP, Workday, um, you know, they're going to rely on a partner network. So I would say, you know, 85% of the time, you're gonna be working with a partner, not the software vendor themselves. You know, certainly it's a, you know, it's a, it's a three-way street, so the software vendor is gonna be involved. Um, but it's in, in a lot of cases these rapid deployments are going to be led by a partner with a small piece of software or a very small module. In some cases, you know, you're looking at the software vendor to stand it up quickly. Um, but in most cases, you know, certainly that, that we look at, they're partner led.
0: All right, Bonnie. So this is a little bit unfair, but here's an unannounced uh <clears throat> quiz. Got okay. two questions for you. When rapid deployments work real well, why do they work real well?
1: Number one, customer has the right expectations going in. Number two, uh, there's a, a clear definition of roles and the customer has freed up the resources internally to get the
0: job done. And so Bonnie, given some of the things you've described about this, would you say that you are a fan of rapid deployments?
1: I am because I think that you know it, it, it helps create that in initial momentum. It's an MVP, and everybody loves to um, you know have a piece of software that they can wrap their brain around, touch and feel, and that it's live. So you know between that and the fixed cost uh, and scope element, I think it's I think it's a great uh, it's a great solution but it's not for everybody. So I'm a fan of it when the situation works for the customer and the customer has the right expectations going, going in. I mean, I think what the, the momentum and excitement that you can build in a rapid deployment, if it's done well, really sets a nice stage for phase two, three, and four of the product lifecycle. Um, but again, if you if you build on a shaky foundation and you have a A rough go live even you know in that initial rapid deployment um you know your phase two three and four are not gonna look pretty
0: that's a that's a great great set of uh uh, great wisdom there bonnie you know for a lot of these things because it it's astonishing but you know we got tough times in a number of industries today and you could find a situation where some executive says, all right, here's what I want. I want a rapid deployment. I want, because it's rapid, I want to pay next to nothing. Um, my people are busy doing the work of our company. So I want the software vendor to do all the work because after all, it's rapid deployment. They know how to do this. And the partners, geez, again, we don't want to raise our costs. So if we're going to use partners, I want the minimal involvement from the partner here, but I want it done fast and I wanted to change our company from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, Ooh, no, yeah, there's
1: no, no magic wands, no silver bullets. The other part of that equation is if you don't get the right SI helping you along the way and you get somebody that, you know, is cheap or that your software vendor just walked in the door because they were available. Um, that's not going to, that's not going to be good as well. You really want to have confidence that the people leading on the process have been there, done that, and done it successfully.
0: And, and, your company has a, a pretty good set of uh, research available for people to understand who are the, the partners here who've done really well on this and perhaps who are some that uh, have not always held up their end.
1: Absolutely. That's how, all we look at.
0: Mm-hmm. How does that work?
1: Um, so we are a peer review site. So a customer can come and look at a consulting firm and uh, read reviews from other customers who have gone through an implementation with them. And um, we don't just ask, we're not like a review site where it's just thumbs up, thumbs down, or stars, give me some comments. We ask a series of questions about the implementation that shows success. So we ask the um, industry, the module stood up, geographies, the speed of implementation. Was it delivered on time? Was it delivered on budget? Did you get the value you thought that you would from the project? All of those components, Speak to the overall quality of the project. It's more than just, hey, I liked my project lead, he was really good, or she was really good. It's, was the project um, delivered with the X, you know, um, to meet the expectations, or did they not meet the expectations going in? And so customers are able to look at that reference information immediately on our site that, that we have gathered. And also they certainly can write reviews once they've gone through an implementation and help others. Um, But it's that, you know, the way that that we feel customer can make a well-informed buying choice is, you know, not to just take, um, you know, a vendor or an SI at their word, but really get the customer proof points, the independent ones, not the ones that you're your SI brings to you, because they're only going to bring you the happy ones. Right. But what is what is the general customer sentiment about this particular firm? And and that's really what we do. Yeah,
0: Bonnie, it sounds great. A fascinating subject these days. Do you have a final thought you, you want to share about this issue of rapid deployment or how it fits in in the broader scheme of you know, what's going on in the business technology space today?
1: Yeah, I think that rapid deployment is a great solution to uh, create excitement internally and build momentum for a new project Um, but you need to go in with your eyes open with the right partner with a well-defined project scope and most importantly with the bandwidth internally to move at the speed that is required to get the project done right Um, it can end up being a great situation for everyone involved um, but it's, it's sort of that starting point, it's that MVP that is going to help you move to the, the next phases of the project, um, you know, as, as time evolves. And certainly now in the period that we are in, you know, this, this idea of, um, you know, rapidly, you know, automating things and, um, you know, bringing innovation, um, the speed of innovation is so key. And I think rapid de- de- deployment can really aid in that, provided that you find the right vendor and outside to work with. All
0: right. And so, Bonnie, is it fair to say it's uh, rapid deployment sort of a combination of a sprint and a marathon?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Right. Yes. I would say because I've I've run a marathon before. I think that um, it is um, it, it, the the rapid deployment is, um, how should I say, the rapid deployment, um, the the, the training that you do ahead of time to make yourself ready for that marathon will allow you to run it. And a rapid deployment will get you to about mile 18. And if you hit the wall at mile 18 because you haven't done the training, that marathon is gonna be bad. (laughs) <laughs> but if you've done the training ahead of time, you've gotten your mileage in, and you are prepared, that marathon is going to be amazing. And mile 18 is going to be a celebration. So, And, to, and 26 will be even better. Um, and I think it's, um, I, I think you do the training, that marathon is going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I've sure heard a lot of people talk about, you know, in marathons, man, that wall, I thought it was just, you know, some myths that it's real. So it sounds yeah. like it's it's very real, real here, too, as well. Yeah. Well, Bonnie, thank you. This has been a fascinating discussion about a very important subject. Um, thanks again for being part of uh, Cloud Wars Live, and we look forward to your, your next appearance.
1: Pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, Bonnie, thanks a million. And all of you, for tuning in here today to watch or listen to Cloud Wars Live. Thanks for being with us. We look forward very much to seeing you next time.